Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Let's worship together. Would you stand and sing with us, please? One, two, three, four, and... Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love the Lord your God. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. I will serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I will serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. With all my Scripture reading is Genesis 45, 3 through 11. I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him. So dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves. Because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve you, a remnant on earth, and to keep alive for you many survivors. 
So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father of Pharaoh and lord of all his houses and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me. You and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Loving God, we gather in this place today to worship you and give you thanks. We praise you for all you give us. May we always be thankful. Open our hearts and our understanding this morning as your word is proclaimed. Give us hearts like the heart of Jesus, that we may love our enemies and do good to those who hate us. Guide us with your Holy Spirit to build a community of powerful love. Amen. I'd like to invite the kiddos forward at this time for the children's sermon. And I'm going to sit on my throne up here. It's my throne up here, okay? I'm not a queen. I'm not? Are you sure? So just to dispense all rumors right now, if you see me walking slowly and holding my stomach, I am not pregnant. I had surgery this week, and I'm recovering from it. So kiddos, I can't have big hugs today, but I'll take air hugs, okay? Is that a deal? All right. A couple weeks ago, we talked about distractions, right, and how distractions can get in the way of us. Participating in important things, like the TV, can kind of just zone you out, and you don't focus on anything. Little babies, that's right. Little babies are very distracting, but they're also pretty awesome, aren't they? And then last week we talked about, what did we talk about last week? It had to do with something that was bad. Bad attitudes, right? When we have a bad attitude, oftentimes we don't make the best choices, right? And we focus on me, 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 instead of focusing on what's happening around us, right? And it can make what we're doing and what we're going through pretty difficult. This week I wanted to talk to you guys about something that's kind of in the same line. We're still in the Sermon on the Mount. That's a big sermon that Jesus gave at one point to tell people what it meant to basically to be a Christian, to follow him. And he talked about the Beatitudes like we learned last week. And he talked in a couple of parables. And he taught us not to judge other people. And he had this one really important message right sandwiched in the middle of all that. And that message was to love your enemies. Do you guys have any enemies? Yeah, you have an enemy? Do you? We don't have to say their name. You can keep it in your head, okay? Do you guys have enemies? Or have you ever watched like uh, watched a TV show and they, they refer to each other as enemies? I don't think I've ever used that word myself. Sometimes you'll hear the term frenemy, like a friend you don't get along with very well, which is kind of silly because if you're there, your friend, you should get along with him, right? But it just means somebody that you just don't get along with, right? Somebody you don't get along with. You're kind of like oil and water, and you can't mix together very well. Why would we love that person, though? So is that what we normally do? No? Have you guys ever heard an eye for an eye? No? An eye for an eye? It was actually a Roman law that meant whatever you did to somebody else, the punishment was going to be equal to you. 
So if you did something that harmed somebody else, say they lost their arm, the punishment was that you lost your arm also. Does that sound fair? Yes. It's doing, it's doing what somebody did to you back to them. And that's usually how we think of things, right? I know when I was younger, I had a hard time with my brothers when somebody would come up and flick me or pinch me. I had two brothers, right? We, 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 we wrestled and stuff. We got in fights. It's true. And I would try to get them back, right? And it was great when I was bigger than my younger brother because I could always get him back then. But one day he was bigger than me, and I was in trouble. And that whole eye for an eye process didn't work anymore. I couldn't do the things back to him that he was doing to me. And I had to learn that responding the same way somebody treated me isn't always the best idea, is it? It causes more problems, right? It gets you in trouble. It gets them in trouble. Everybody gets hurt, and nothing is solved, is it? So Jesus was telling us to love our enemies. So if somebody came up and called you a name, what would you do? If we're supposed to be treating them in love, do we call them a name back? No. You could tell a grown-up, but what Jesus is telling us, and it's always a good thing to get a grown-up's help when you need it. What Jesus is telling us is to respond in love. Respond the way that God taught us to respond. You see, every time we make a choice and we choose to do something that goes against God's kingdom, we choose to do something that is considered sin because it goes against God's kingdom, we make ourselves enemies of God. Did you guys know that? We separate ourselves from God. So whenever I decided as a teenager to tell my parents a lie because I didn't want to deal with telling them the truth, I was separating myself from God. But Jesus, God, loved me so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for me. I was an enemy of God because of my sin. And Jesus loved me so much he gave his life for me. That's pretty intense, isn't it? And if Jesus is able to do that, then I'm able to do at least something that is responding in love, right? I'm able to walk away from the situation. I'm able to pray for that person. I'm able to use the golden rule to remind me that I shouldn't respond the same way they treated me, right? God sent a piece of himself down to the world in Jesus. That's right. All right. Will you guys pray with me? Let's bow our heads, fold our hands, close our eyes, and say, Dear Jesus, help us to live your word and overcome evil with good. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. We're going to go to Spark Worship out the side door. Good morning. Good to see everybody here on this. Uh, I mean, this is a beautiful morning, huh? And yesterday, wow. And I think today's going to be just as good as yesterday was. So praise the Lord for that. I'll start our rainbows and rattlesnakes with the rainbow it is to see all of you on this beautiful morning. Praise the Lord. What other rainbows and or rattlesnakes do we have to share with each other this morning? Um, I'd like to lift up prayers for what's going on in Canada right now. I think it's very important that we all understand it and, and pray. Okay, so we want to lift up our brothers and sisters north of the border. Oh, Lord, we pray. Along that line, I'd like to lift up all the truckers. If it weren't for the truckers, you wouldn't have food, you wouldn't have gas, you wouldn't have anything, and there's going to be a convoy in America, and we just need to keep them in our prayers. Yeah. Oh, Lord, 
we pray. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we do thank you for this day and everything you bless us with. Again, we are reminded that we really don't appreciate how blessed we are, but we thank you for it. Lord, we lift up those we've named who need healing. We lift up those who are going through medical procedures in the next few days. We ask your guidance for those that will be attending to them, and we ask for swift healing for all of them. Lord, we lift up all of your children throughout the earth. Show us what we can do to better teach them of your love and goodness that we would cease conflict and lack among us. Lord, I lift up the leaders of this country and all the countries around the globe that they would seek and do your will again, that your kingdom might be known to all. Your plans for us are so good, yet we spend so much time not following them. Guide us with your Holy Spirit that we would follow them. Remind us often of your son Jesus who showed us how to do your will and he taught us to pray saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, during rainbows and rattlesnakes, which is often the case, we recognize birthdays, right? We, we talk about birthdays. We're glad for that. Well, Rebecca and I, yesterday, we had most of three of our grandkids here and some of their parents, and we celebrated a birthday as well. Part of what we did cost me nothing. We went to the zoo and to the kitty park down there, and I was thinking about today and today's scripture and what all of us are called to do. You know, there yesterday afternoon down there at, and, and morning yesterday down there at uh, Brackenridge Park, which I guess most of you are familiar with in this group, there were all sorts of people, right? You know, all sorts of people, just like on the uh, hot dog commercial, right? Talking about all sorts of kids, you know? I can't even name, I can't name all the kinds of kids anymore because I would probably be considered 
crude, rude, socially unacceptable, right? Sadly, you can't call things what they are much anymore without being called something yourself, right? Which does sadden me. We ought to be able to take a joke, right? I think, anyway. I I certainly think God has a sense of humor. And if you don't, just look around. (laughs) All right? Anyway, in the park there and the zoo yesterday, there's all kinds of people. And it was just an absolute gorgeous day, right? And that's it. That's God's grace. Not all of those people there love each other. Not all of those people there love God. Not all of those people there maybe have good intentions on their hearts, but they all got to enjoy the beauty of the day, right? It was a gift from God to everybody, to everybody. There were no exceptions. There weren't any people that were singled out and put in a little cage or something and said, okay, it's going to rain on you. It's going to be dark in there, and you can't talk to anybody. No. Everybody, without exception, without having to do anything. I mean, none of us did anything to get a pretty day yesterday, right? Nor could we have done anything to get a pretty day yesterday. It was a gift from God, pure and simple and wonderful. Our scripture reading this morning comes from what's often referred to as the Sermon on the Plain, right? In Matthew, it's the Sermon on the Mount. In Luke, Jesus has come down from the mountain, and it says he's on a level place when he gives Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to read verses 27 through 38 this morning of Luke chapter 6. Consider the word of the Lord. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you have love for those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. 
But love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and merciful God, God who makes the sun to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. I say to those who listen, Jesus starts out in this particular part, I say to those who listen, right? So the implication there is there's some who don't listen, right? But for the ones that listen, these are the instructions. And they're not complicated. You know, there are a couple of things that strike me about what Jesus says here. One is they're really very simple. It's not, he, he doesn't ask us to do anything hard here. It's really very simple. And the other one is they're extremely rare. If we're honest about it, and we are, I believe, called to be honest, most of the time we emphasize a lot of other things in our Christian walk than praying for our enemies and giving stuff away, not expecting to get anything back. But he starts out again saying, listen, did you realize that listening is the easiest thing and also the most readily received thing that you can give to somebody else. Jesus talks about giving here and giving without expecting anything in return. You all know that I like to go to jail, and I've spent quite a few, quite a few days locked up in my life but what you might not know, and I've said it, but, some, but it, it, you know, as Jesus reminds us here, just because you say something doesn't mean it sticks, all right? In our prison ministry, in our Kairos prison ministry, our motto is listen, listen, love, love. That's our motto. Because everybody accepts the gift of listening. And again, it's something that we can easily do for other people. Often, somebody who is in great distress can be readily relieved 
if we'll just take a few moments to listen to them, to listen to them, and give them that gift. It's a wonderful, wonderful gift. Moreover, consider. I say to those who listen, do we give the gift of listening to our Lord? Do we give that gift to Jesus and go along with it? Rex read about Joseph. One of the best passages, I think, in the whole Bible is the whole narrative about Joseph there in Genesis. And by the way, Joseph is a type of Savior, Jesus figure in the Old Testament, if you've ever, if you've ever really thought about it, you know. He gets sold into slavery. He's, he's put what? He's put in a hole down in the ground. He's raised out of that, and he, and he rises to the highest position in all the country other than Pharaoh, right? But did you ever consider what got Joseph out of prison He listened to somebody, right? He took the time to listen to the, who was it, the baker and the cupbearer, to Pharaoh. He sat down and listened to him, you know? He could have said, you know, it's my day in the rec room. I'm going to go watch TV, right? Or whatever else they did in the rec room. In the, I don't imagine they had a rec room, actually. In the, in the prisons in, in Egypt, in those days. But as all of us can, Joseph had the choice and he could have done something else. But he chose to take his time and give the gift of listening to these two fellow prisoners there in prison. And because of that, and because of God's grace and God giving him the power to interpret dreams, he gets sprung out of prison. Then he goes on to what? He listens to Pharaoh. He listens carefully to, to Pharaoh's dream as well. And look what comes from it. Listen. It's a gift we can give everybody. Moreover, when we become good listeners and we give that gift, we make better relationships, which is what God wants us to do anyway, make better relationships with all of us. So as Jesus closed up the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 7 there, right, verse 24, he says what? He says, Everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts upon them will be like a wise man, right, who built his house on a rock. If you listen to Jesus, he said what? Love your enemies. Wow. Love your enemies. What a concept. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Expecting nothing in return. Wow. Again, what's the problem? 
why don't we do this, right? Why don't we do this, you know? I even think about it, and for those of you in here who go along with it, and it's confidential, but, I, but I'm not breaking a confidence here. We don't spend a whole lot of time in prayer time on Monday night praying for our enemies. It is brought up, and there are people who do it, and we do mention it, but it's not always right up there on our list, which sometimes we wonder why there's not world peace. You know, We pray for our friends, right? We pray for our loved ones. We do all that quite easily, but, you know, when was the last time in rainbows and rattlesnakes somebody said, you know, we need to pray for those terrorists who were wounded in that attack the other day, right? We don't hear that much or do that much. But just like the other things Jesus told us to do, he told us to do that, right? To pray for our enemies, Again, we have the, the example of Joseph, right? His brothers, there you go, your own flesh and blood, right? His brothers sold him into slavery, right? But he said to them there, right, you know, it's okay. I forgive you, right? Not only do I forgive you, not only do I forgive you, I'm going to make provision for you so that you don't have to be in poverty, right? Rex just read those words, right? Or words to that effect a few minutes ago. We like to say, well, you know, you better not, you better not do that again or I'm going to knock your head off, right? Or words to that effect, right? You know, uh, no one has ever said anything like that or thought anything like that, Right? Not only do we have those kind of thoughts about our enemies, I've, I've actually witnessed in congregations people having those thoughts about their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, right? You know, what a shocker. What a shocker, you know. Jesus says, you know, even sinners. Now, that's an interesting thing. That's an interesting thing to say to a group of people that are, that are listening to him, isn't it? Even sinners, because the implication there is, if you're listening to me, if, you, if Jesus there, the implication is, if you're listening to me, you're not a sinner, right? The implication is, you're following me. If you're following me, Jesus, then you're not a sinner. Interesting thought. Even sinners do good to other sinners, even sinners lend to other sinners to get paid back, right? All of you know that, have ever taken out a loan at the bank, right? There you've got a sinner borrowing money from other sinners, you know? Even they do that. But God gives to everybody. No strings attached. God gives to everybody. We all get to breathe the same air. We all, again, get the same beautiful sunshine. We all get the same rain. God gives it to all of us. It's a free gift, just like God's gift of grace and salvation for all of us. It's a free gift, regardless of who we are 
or where we come from. But Jesus says even sinners throw birthday parties for other sinners, right? Even sinners do all this good stuff to each other. But again, like I say, I've thought about this. What's he saying? If he's, saying he's saying, if you're following me, you're not a sinner. I kept thinking about this because it's, uh, I believe there's layer upon layer of things in the Scripture. And again, I believe that Scripture interprets Scripture, and I believe it's all tied together because it's, it's, it's all orchestrated by God, as is everything. In John 15, I kept looking for this. John 15, verse 3, I think, Jesus says, he says, you have been cleansed by my words, by my words. And there he is talking to these people, and he uses the term, even sinners, don't do this. So, I think the clear first implication is, is those of us who claim to follow Jesus ought to do things above and beyond what sinners do, right? Then he closes out this section saying, give, give, and it will be given unto you, right? Good measure, pressed down shaken together. I think about when I'm grinding my coffee at, uh, I usually get my coffee at Trader Joe's. I guess that's a plug for them, but, and they've got the coffee grinder there. And I move the coffee can back and forth while the grinder's going. And then when it's all done, there's still, you know, there's just a little bit of space at the top, so it's not overflowing. If you don't shake it, a lot of times, you know, it'll, it'll overflow, so I got trained to shake it, you know, shaking together. That's the, that's the picture Jesus talks about, will be poured into your lap, right? Now, I've mentioned this before, and the challenge is still out there. And I think Jesus was making the challenge on that day that uh, he talked to all those people there on the level place in Luke, you can't outgive God. You just can't do it. And there is nothing that will change your life for the better, I would say, than practicing extravagant, absurd generosity. I'm not going to give any particular testimonial or anything else. I'm just going to put it out there because it's the word of the Lord and it's what it says. Give. That's what God did. And, then, and again, that's the nature of God. That's the nature of God. That's the nature of love. It all goes together. I mean, we, we say it over and over and over, right? For God so loved that he gave, that he gave. You know? It's like the law that Jesus is talking here of retaliation and non-retaliation, we think that we will fix violence with violence. doesn't work that way. Jesus is telling us again, it doesn't work that way. But, of course, the hardest thing in life is 
our heads. And most of us, you know, even see repeated over and over for thousands of years examples that violence doesn't cure violence, but as soon as somebody cuts us off on 1604, we're on top of the horn, right? And if, and if we only had that howitzer on the top of our car, you know, we could take care of this situation once and for all because surely that's the only bad driver on earth. And if I get rid of that sucker, everything would be okay, right? This is how we think. You know, this is how we think. What's, 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 what's the issue here? What's the issue here, you know? We're returning violence for violence. We're supposed to return good for evil. That's what Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, right? Don't return evil for evil, but return good for evil. It's which he's, he's repeating what Jesus is saying here. Give, give, and don't worry about getting anything back because your source is God the Father. Your source is not your job. Your source is not your 401K. Your source is not Uncle Sugar. Your source isn't any number of an other things. Your source is God the Father, period. That's it. It's that simple. And Jesus was reminding everybody of that here. Give, give. And you know what? If we had a world where we listened and we acted upon Jesus' world, we'd have a scarcity of some things for sure. We'd have an abundance of life, but we'd have a scarcity of revenge. We'd have a scarcity of violence. We'd have a scarcity of resentment. We'd have a scarcity of climate-controlled storage buildings. But we'd have an abundance of peace. We'd have an abundance of love. We'd have an abundance of mercy and everything that God desires for us. So it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. If we just remember, I remember our gathering song this morning, right? That's all we have to do. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things, peace, love, joy, will be given unto you. Amen? Go in peace, and as you go, give extravagantly, and do that with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen.